Welcome back to Content Creators Library, the podcast that talks about the business of being a creator. How do we make some income? How do we help our audience and live the life that we truly want to live as a creator? So we can quit that nine to five job, quit the job we don't like and go into this successfully so that we can grow, leverage and build our own creator business. In this episode, we have Darren Smith, who got on the podcast, talked with us just for a little bit. The very beginning is just us chatting back and forth. I usually don't include this, but I thought there was just so much packed into this four minutes before we even started the show. I had to, I had to keep it in here because it's, it's full of valuable information. In this episode, we talk about building assets. Well, you must build them as a creator. And if you truly want to bring revenue to your channels, to the business that you're building out of being a creator, we need to learn how to build an asset that we cannot always have to make a video just to make a sale. You want to be building these assets so that when we're sleeping, we can still make money just like a YouTube video does once you become monetized. We talk about how to make a very, very simple course for your audience that will get people to buy it. We talk about the price, how much to charge, and the secret. Okay, it's not really a secret, but how to structure your assets that we're going to build to help your audience literally every step of the way. They can start at the very bottom. Free information on YouTube, no problem. Maybe they buy their $7 ebook and we keep going farther and farther up. And he explains all this literally every step of the way that you can make income and help your audience at the same time. And then an audience member asked a super specific question. I think is really relatable for, for most of us. What if our audience only wants free stuff? That's all they want. They want free. They want to buy anything. Darren gives a very straight to the point answer. Makes perfect sense, but it's something that you need to hear. That's it. Let's enjoy the show, creators. Let's get. Let's start building assets. Let's start building a simple course that someone will buy and get us in the right direction so that we can start helping our audience out and making money at the same time. Oh, I just <laughs> signed up for the, uh, the the insider thing. The aha, early access. Early, yes. Let's try to find the work. Yeah, yeah. dude, I'm so excited. Uh, I feel like now that I'm sitting here ready to launch this stuff, I'm like, did I do too much? Did I create too many options? Did I make too many things? Like I, I have the my, the brain that's just like, I'm going to build a whole bunch of stuff and then launch it together, which is probably not right. There's definitely a lot that I built, but it all is, it all is the same audience and the same value proposition, just in different ways. So it's not like I made a book about golf and then I'm launching a course about creativity. And then I have a course about parenting, right? It's all craftsman creative. It's all in service of this one audience that I want to serve. So now it's just like, choose your own adventures. Do you want to start for free and read the first draft of the book? Go ahead. You don't even have to sign up. No email address required. Just go. And then if you want to buy the book, if you want to be involved with the course, if you want to you know, go deeper with the courses, et cetera, et cetera, you get it. It's like the sales, <laughs> you know, like now everybody's going to be at the top. Someone might just want the free thing for three months. And they're like, okay, this is, this guy's real. Yeah. So it's so a lot of just moments of back and forth. Do I create this thing or not? And the, always the North star was, does this better serve the audience I'm tr seeking to serve it? I think I shared something like that on Twitter the other day. Does this make the boat go faster? It's the same idea, right? It's what is the outcome I care about? It's about helping creators live creative lives, basically do the stuff they love to do full-time. Simplifying that statement means like they're making like 10 grand a month. They're like six-figure businesses. Okay, like I know how to teach people how to do that. So now there's 
like you said, the sales ladder, it's here's rung one, you can spend 20 bucks. Here's rung two, you can spend 50 bucks. Here's three, you can spend 200 bucks. Like, and with each one, you get more access and more depth and more clarity and more, more whatever. Not everybody's ready to hop into a thousand dollar cohort based course. So you got to make it easy for them to go further down that journey when they're ready. I think a lot of people even go like, they'll buy the same thing. Like they'll start with the free, the book. They're, they could be buying every single thing depending on their their problem and their time horizon of when I want this finish. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's up to me to prove that it's valuable rather than rely on their ability to trust me <laughs> or write good copy. Like right. I shouldn't make money off creators because I'm really good at selling. Yeah. I should be serving creators first and the money should be an outcome, a result of that service because I've earned it, not because they trusted me. Does that make sense? Too many times it's like all the onus is on the person visiting the site. Oh, I'm going to put in my email address and hope that something valuable comes to my inbox. I'm going to spend $100 on this course and hope that something valuable comes out of it. But I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I think you, as the creator, need to say, I'm taking all the responsibility here. It's on me to prove that this is valuable. So I'm going to do that for free before any money changes hands so that I can prove to you that what I teach is valuable, that what I'm sharing with you works. And that way it's a lot easier because they have that context to go to a paid product or a paid service and go, geez, the free stuff made me, got me this outcome or made me this much money or whatever it is. I can't imagine what the book or the course or the coaching or the community or whatever else has in store because those cost money. They must be more valuable. That's a way better context for someone to visit a sales page in than like, oh, $1,000, you better freaking prove to me how valuable this is before yeah. I click buy. Then it's all, how good a copywriter are you? And who's Darren Smith and who do you service? Oh, geez, you're getting deep right off the bat. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I always ask it that way, but that's, that's how it turns out. <laughs> I'm Darren Smith, and I um, am a film producer. I'm a writer, an author, a creator, a uh, coach. I do a lot of things. But to simplify it, I started a business about two years ago called Craftsman Creative with the sole goal of helping all of my creative friends make more money doing what they love so they didn't have to go take crappy jobs during the pandemic. So that's what about half of my time is spent on is Craftsman Creative. But I also work... Uh, not full-time. I do one or two films a year as a film producer. So that's where a big chunk of my income currently comes from. Slowly, the crafts and creative stuff is catching up to that, which is nice. Yes, I saw some of your the videos you made. Like they're on your website. Yeah, they're fun. How long, does it take, how long does it take to make like a TV show? They'll be like, it takes three weeks. We'll turn it to like 20 minutes, if that or something. Like how long does, how many hours do you spend to create yeah. a four-minute video or something? I don't know. I can talk about a TV series that was an hour long and then a, a movie that I just made. So before I was producing features, I was a senior producer on a TV show and it was a reality show. So we would literally film an episode a day, but we had four different teams that were part of this competition reality show. It was kind of like Amazing Race meets genealogy. So at the end of every day, they were meeting family members. So we would literally film for like 15 days total. Every day was a different episode. So you take the content filmed for that day from four different teams and that would become episode four or whatever. So you're talking three and a half months of preparation for a 15 day shoot and about three months worth of editing to get 10 episodes. 
So it was six, seven months, something like that. On the movie that I just did, we just wrapped production at the end of February. I started working on it in middle of November is when I, as a producer and line producer, I started working on the budget, hiring crew, that kind of stuff. So it was maybe five-ish hours a week throughout November and then maybe 10 hours a week through December. And then by that point, by the beginning of the year, January, we really had a full crew of people that were ready to go. A full month of preparation, like full-time prep, people are working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks for throughout that month, a month of production. And then we've got about four months of post-production. So editing, sound, visual effects, color, all that stuff will happen, is happening now. They're in the edit right now. If you call it November to June, that's eight or nine months, whatever that is. So Movies can take a, a lot longer for sure. But if you're talking about a little YouTube video, I could hit record and talk for five minutes and upload it 10 minutes later. Like you, you could be as lo-fi or as hi-fi as possible. There's plenty of short films that you know, I just, this week, <laughs> produced a short film with my buddy. It was a two-day shoot, two-night shoot technically. So we started at seven at night and ended at seven in the morning, which is why I'm a little loopy today. That was probably a month of their time writing the script and then another month of getting people up and ready to go. And then they did a Kickstarter with it and raised a bunch of money. But realistically, all of the prep could have been done in a week and two days of shooting. And it'll be about two months worth of post-production, mainly because of our schedules. If we were doing it all full-time, a week or two of editing, and then month worth of all the other stuff, the sound, the visual effects, the color, the music, those things. That's crazy. I mean, I get it takes so long to, it's, it's insane though. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, I went to school. I've always been in kind of creative industries. I was really into music growing up and got into that in college and realized quickly that I didn't want to be a saxophone performer. Like I, I went to college on a saxophone performance scholarship and uh, quickly realized I didn't want to be a teacher and I didn't want to be a jazz saxophone player for my career. Got into uh, sound and doing like live sound and recording. I worked at the recording studio on campus. I did live events. And for my internship, did a post-production sound internship with a guy who had done a bunch of IMAX movies and just a bunch of local films and stuff like that. So while I was in college, I was working on indie features as like an assistant dialogue editor and assistant sound editor and stuff. And quickly fell in love with that and then did that for about five-ish years, had my own like post-production sound company, worked on like two dozen movies and then got into writing and then producing and had been producing since about 2012 and full-time since 2017. That was before that 2010 to 2017, I had a business partner. We had a little uh, boutique video production, you know, company and then went freelance in 2017 and haven't looked back. I've just been adding to <laughs> with the Craftsman Creative stuff. I guess the transition that into you film courses for people. How yeah. did that happen? Yeah. Good job bringing that all full circle to what we were actually going to be talking about today. <laughs> Go back to 2020. I'm working on this TV show I was telling you about. I was a senior producer. We were supposed to film that season in April of 2020. Mid-March comes around. I think it was March 13th. And they're like, hey, everybody, um, go home. The governor says like, stuff's happening and we should be back by the end of the month. So like from home, we're still on track to shoot in April. Obviously that didn't happen. By the end of March, we all got furloughed for four months with the plan to come back and shoot in August, which we did, which is crazy. Like filming a TV show that you're going across the country in August of 2020 was crazy. We did it. We pulled it off. We didn't come back with a single COVID case. 
But my gosh, that was a new addition to all of the other logistical stuff I have to do as a producer. Anyway, I got furloughed for four months. And for the first time in my adult career life, I had time. I had like time off to like do stuff. Like, okay, well, what am I going to do? In the past, I'd like written a book before, but it was from five to six in the morning every day. It wasn't like I had time during the day to work. So I begged and pleaded with my wife and kids to give me like four or five hours a day quietly in the house without being interrupted. <laughs> and it kind of worked. Some days were two or three hours. Some days were six hours, but it worked really well. And I started, I always had this idea of doing some online courses because one of the things I loved the most was I have all these creative friends, musicians, filmmakers, writers, authors, artists, all this stuff. My wife and I love going to shows. We love going to art galleries. We love doing all this stuff. So it's just our world. You can't see it if you're listening to this, but like I've got a Hamilton poster and I've got, this is the local venue I worked for 10 years at as a sound engineer. And this side is like a picture of 30 of my favorite musician friends that somebody did and it was auctioned off and I bought it because that was like, that summarizes 10 years of my life where I was a sound guy. Like I, anyway, so I, I loved going to lunch with all of these friends of mine and talking business because they just wanted more fans and more people to show up to their shows and figure it all out. They weren't ever thinking about the business stuff. So I would kind of be a, a quasi business coach slash manager slash friend. And we just sit and just shoot the shiz about, all right, well, you've got this tour coming up. How are you going to, how are you going to fill every single venue? The tour manager's doing that. No, like, how are you going to fill every seat in every venue? Well, I, don't, I don't know. That's their job. No, it's not. It's your job. Like, you are you going to take control of your career? Or are you going to just, like, let other people be good or bad? We'll see. But that's not a strategy. So I had this brain that kind of thought that way. Even though I am also a creative and I do creative projects, like, I could see the business side really well. So I loved these conversations. And I was like, okay, well, what a course allows you to have those kind of conversations at scale. So instead of needing to go to lunch five times a week or three times a week, I could reach a hundred people in a day if everything went well, or thousands of people over the lifetime of that course that I would never be able to reach because they live in Malaysia or Spain or Brazil or whatever. So decided to launch my own course. So I signed up for Thinkific, which is an online course platform, created the website, spent all this time building, which is kind of like some people say you should validate and you can do all this stuff before you build. I like building is fun. And I also, I don't let the building get in the way of the work. So I set a date for myself. And two weeks later, I had a course filmed and a website ready that people could buy the course. Inadvertently started a business. I didn't realize that's what I was doing at the time. I was just creating courses. I created the first one and sold about a dozen and gifted about a dozen. It didn't do super well. Maybe made a thousand bucks off of it. So consider it breaking even for my time and the expense of like signing up for the platform and all that. And then I made another course in May because I realized not a lot of people have money. A lot of people are freaking out because the venues are shut down. The events all stopped and postponed. Like, where are they going to get their money from? So I made a second course, which was about just like a foundation for your successful business. You need an email list. You need to own your audience. You need multiple streams of income. You need this, this, this. So it was like, do these five things while you have time and your business will be better when things pick up. And I just made that for free when I launched it because I was like, nobody can even afford it and they need this information. So I was just like, I probably gifted like a hundred. I don't know. I think I had 80 or a hundred people sign up for that for the free version, charge money for it later and quickly realized I'm trying to like condense the story here because I know there's a lot we want to talk about, but quickly realized that me giving away courses for free wasn't going to make me any money. So 
I was lucky enough to do this presentation for a, a creator meetup here in Provo, Utah. And it was the first time that they had done one online in April of 2020 because they couldn't meet in person because everything was shut down. So they invited me and two other people to be like pre-record a presentation for this meetup. And I did. And then another gal did. And I was really impressed with her. I'd met her once or twice before. She's a hand lettering artist here in Provo. So I emailed her. I was like, you're stuff was amazing. Have you ever thought about doing an online course? She's like, oh my gosh, I've wanted to do a course for forever. I've done workshops, but I have no idea how to do editing and the filming and the website and the payments and the back end and the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, guess what? I just did all that stuff. And it's not darrenscourses.com. It's craftsmancreative.com. What if we do this? And in the moment I came up with the business model for Craftsman Creative, which is I will do all of that stuff that you don't know how to do. I'll produce the course. I'll help you make sure the content is structured properly. I'll film it, edit it, do the website stuff, handle the payments, blah, 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 blah. You show up and you'll bring your awesomeness on screen and bring your audience. You do the marketing and we'll split it 50-50. And she said, oh my gosh, I'm in. And a month later, we had her course up on the site. And in the first week of launch, she did $10,000 in sales. In gosh. May of 2020, when everybody was freaking out and nobody was buying anything, she has, she's to date sold about twenty-five dollars or $30,000 worth of her courses. We filmed the second one with her because she was so happy with how it went. So she has two on the site and yeah, 25, 30 grand total sales of her course. And that's with only her marketing. I didn't at that up to now, basically, I haven't done really a lot of marketing for the courses on the site because I don't have a huge audience or a huge ad budget. So I do as much as I can, but it's not a lot. So since that time, that really proved the model out and showed me that it was a viable project if I put more time and effort into it. So since then, I've filmed another 15 courses, um, about 13 are live. I'm working on two right now that'll be live next month. And we're going to cross six figures in sales in about two weeks, three weeks from now. You know, if you averaged it out, I probably have spent five hours a week or less on Craftsman Creative. Some weeks I'm spending 40 or 50 hours. Like I was in Toronto earlier this month for five days because I filmed these two courses back to back in Toronto. And those were 12 hour, 13 hour days. So sometimes it's a lot and other times I don't do anything on it. Like last April, yeah, last April, May, I produced a movie and did nothing on Craftsman Creative, but we launched a course in January and February and they've started selling, selling, selling. So the course, the company was growing as I was doing nothing with it. So it turned into this really cool business that now I get to expand into all this other stuff. Oh my gosh. They get 50, 50. You do all the filming, all that. They just do the, just the meat, the meat yeah. part. They bring the audience. That's the trade-off is that I partner with people who have 10, 25, 50, a hundred thousand followers. And they've got a hungry audience who knows them and loves them and wants to learn from them. Get your audience to show up. So I do a little bit of consulting with them as far as like, here's how to do a launch and here's how we're going to structure it. And here's what you're going to do every single day to ensure really it comes down to, you need to get 2000 of your people to visit this sales page in this launch week. You do that, you're going to do 10 to 25 grand in sales. That's really what it comes down to because their audience is engaged. They know them. So they have 5% plus conversion rates. So that the numbers just break down that way. You get 2000 people and 5% conversion rate. 
whatever that is, it's a hundred, you know, $10,000. That's really what I'm trying to help them do. And then it, after that, it's like, I'm going to support it with some advertising spend. We started doing that over the last few months and that's still in the works. It's quasi successful. It's not quite break even, but it's a process we're working on. And then it's really up to them. They can promote it literally anytime. So I help write welcome sequences for their email lists and I help them figure out how to add it to their Instagram and link in bio kind of stuff. So it's always there. So as their audience grows, they naturally are selling more audience, more courses to their audience. Why should a creator then have, in this example, we're talking about courses, why should someone have a sellable product versus maybe just creating forever? Because that's, that happens. I think it's about this mindset shift or this focus on how do you create assets that can compound assets that can make money for you while you sleep. And if you, if the only, say you're a graphic designer and the only way you make money is when you have a contract with a client hires you and says, we're going to pay you $2,500 for this website uh, design or whatever, this layout, this image. And it's going to take you a week of your time to do that. What happens if you're, if you get COVID and you're out for 10 days, what happens if you want to take a vacation? What happens if you don't show up and trade your time for dollars, then you don't have any dollars. It's something I learned from my dad, not because he taught it to me, but because he's only ever worked trading his time for dollars. And it's always like, hey, do you want to come out? Because he's in Sacramento where I grew up and I'm in Utah. Hey, you want to come out for so-and-so's birthday? One of my kids' birthdays. Oh, I got to work this week. It's like, if you had just figured out a way to make money consistently while you sleep, then, you know, then there's that. So It's not necessarily that the course is the right path for every single creator, but I honestly, I don't think it was the right path for me because like I said, I sold like a thousand dollars in my, on my courses to date in two years, because I don't have a big enough audience and haven't been consistently marketing it. So it's not like that was going to replace my six figure income from producing TV shows anytime soon, (laughs) but thinking in terms of how do I create assets? that can make money while I sleep, where I don't have to do anything. Once the thing exists and is online for sale, I don't have to do anything else other than mention it or market it or whatever. Can you create a template pack and put it up on Gumroad? Can you write an ebook and sell it for $7? Can you create a course and sell it for $100 or $200? Can you create a coaching thing where it's asynchronous, where you can put an hour of time in every week, but it hits 20 people. So you don't have to spend 20 hours. You're spending one hour to get 20. That's a little bit different, but it's still the same idea of creating an asset that has some leverage to it that you create it once you can sell it a thousand or a million times indefinitely because of the internet. So I think that's more important, whether or not you should create a course, it's that you should create assets that can be sold without your direct input. So how do you create a course? For somebody or we suggest like they have a skill set what's the next steps yeah there's twofold so i'm going to talk about two different types of courses one is the here's a single idea a single outcome a single lesson that's an hour and a half long that you can literally like put this is i you know you can't see this again but like my iphone camera looks really good so it's video quality you could put this on youtube or a course people go wow that looks great so You can film with what you have, like every Mac has a screen recording software built in with QuickTime. So you literally just go record, screen recording, start, and you're recording a course, right? You don't need equipment. You don't need all this infrastructure like I have. Go to your audience. Maybe you have a hundred people, maybe you have 500 people, maybe you have a few thousand people that are in your audience. Go to them, 
and say, hey, if there was one thing that you are struggling with in this part of your life, the thing that you do, what is it? Or you could ask the question, what's one thing that you would love to learn from me? And people might go, man, this happened to me the other day. Three separate people in one week said, how do you get so much done? So my newsletter the next week was, here's how I get so much done. Because like, I'm just taking the signal from my audience and turning it into content because I know that's what they want because four, three, four people asked me the same question. So I could, if I wanted to, spin up the computer, do a little outline, create like a seven or eight bullets of here's the different, here's the process. Here's how I get so much done. Here are different ideas or frameworks. Here's my actual like calendar um, strategy. Here's how I plan out my week and my day and my month and my quarter, et cetera, et cetera. I could do that, write down like eight to 10 bullet points and you hit record and just start talking. And you could either do a quick edit where you cut the head and the tail and you just upload it to not Upwork, but what's the Udemy. You can put it there, charge 20, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, and sell. Like you could do that today. You can have a course up for sale for 50 bucks a day if you really wanted to. So the answer to how do you create a course is go buy equipment, research the best microphone, find the best software that costs you $40 a month as a subscription service, blah, blah, blah. It's not about the tools. Go back to this comment of success is 80% mindset and only 20% skills and strategy. So if you've never done a course before, don't complicate it. Don't think about cameras and cards and lenses and microphones and preamps and editing software and platform subscriptions like a Kajabi or a Thinkific or a Teachable. Like, don't do any of that stuff. Hit record, talk for an hour, deliver an outcome in that hour, and tell your audience that you made this. And market it with this very simple phrase, I made this course to help you get this. That's it. And you'll probably make $1,000. If you've got an audience of 100, 200, 500 people, and you listen to them, you ask the question up front, said, what do you want to learn? 20 people responded and they said, we really would love to learn this. Great. Those three things go together. I'm going to focus on this one big one and then have two little bonus things. And there it is. An hour later, you have a recording, you upload it to you to me, and you're selling it for 20 bucks a pop. Done. So let's talk about the other one, <laughs> which is the bigger one, right? So how do I create courses? I have a background as a film and TV producer, and I have cameras and good sound equipment and good video stuff, and I know how to edit, and I have software, and I've paid for this platform that costs me now $500 a month because I pat surpassed too many students and too many teachers, and I'm invested. So I've got to make it good, and I will. I, this is the, the asterisk here. Good doesn't mean looks good, sounds good, et cetera. That's not what I'm talking about. That's icing on the cake. The course itself, the structure, the value it delivers, the ability to achieve an outcome for the student, that is what I'm talking about here with as far as good, quote unquote good. But if the course is good and then looks good, sounds good, feels good, then you can sell them for $250, $400, $500, $800 and people will pay money for them because they seem more valuable than the stuff that's on Udemy for $20, $30, $70, $100. I'd so really differentiate the brand by saying not everybody can just upload a course to Craftsman Creative. They're all going to be created by me or my team so that they're all consistent in the look and feel. We use the same camera and lenses every time, the same microphone every time, same general setup visually every time so that people click on and they go, wow, that looks really good. They must have put a lot of thought and effort into this. And then, then it's just a process of filming stuff, which is probably outside of the realm of what we're talking about here. But the nice thing with Craftsman Creative is there's no upfront cost for the creator. 
Whereas if they came to me as a vendor and said, hey, I want to hire you to produce this course for me, how much would that cost? My answer would be twenty-five dollars to $40,000 because the amount of equipment and labor and people and editing and software and overhead and all the stuff that I'm bringing to the table is like that amount of money in order to make it worth my while. So people don't want to do that. And then this goes back again to me talking about your mindset. When I started Craftsman Creative, I very easily could have created a boutique course video production, video course production company, charged $25,000 a thing and scaled up to a million dollar a year business. But I didn't want to do that. Why? Because I'm trading time for dollars, not creating assets. Whereas now this morning, I got a notification that a course sold for $495, which means today I made $248 or whatever that 50% is for something I made two years ago because I shot that course in the summer of 2020. And I made essentially like pretty close to a six-figure income for today. If you broke down $100,000 a year divided by 365 is like $274. So if I did nothing else today, the thing I made two years ago almost just paid me $250. That's an asset. That's what we're talking about here, creating assets. Sorry, I went off the rails there. We were talking about how yeah. do you make courses but hopefully the first option is what people start with. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they, you ask somebody, what's, what can I help you with? And here's your course for $20 that fixes that problem. Like solution-based. Exactly. Solution-based is the right way to think about it for sure. Do you any, like, you think there's a certain link has to be, or is it just, does it just be break this down anyway? You can look at, there's creators on Twitter who've done this and they've established the, the model a little bit. You look at Daniel Vistalo, you look at Justin Welsh, there's people that they're doing 45 minutes to an hour and a half on one topic. Daniel Vistalo's first course was like how to build an audience on Twitter. And what he sold three or $400,000 worth of that oh thing so far, like thousands of, excuse me, thousands of students, Justin Welsh, same thing. He made one about how to create content and grow an audience on LinkedIn. And it's done hundreds of thousands of dollars because he spent three years putting out content on LinkedIn and building an audience. And then every day in his message inbox were people going, dude, how do you do this? How did you build such a massive six-figure audience on LinkedIn of all places? And he just said, I should, I can make a course about that and charge 150 bucks for it. And here we are hundreds of thousands of dollars later, a year after releasing that course. And he's got thousands of students who have purchased that course so much so that he just did one for Twitter because he took out everything he learned from LinkedIn, brought it over to Twitter, created his own process for creating content and generating leads and all that stuff through Twitter. Now he just released another $150 course. That's probably about an hour or two long and people are buying it because they want that outcome. They want to have 50,000 followers on Twitter. And now he's making money off of his Twitter audience as well as his LinkedIn audience. He's made yeah. over $2 million in a couple of years from content on social media. Like who doesn't want that? So you, whether or not you've got a hundred thousand followers, you still have stuff that people a month, three months, a year, two years, five years, 10 years behind you in your journey have questions about that you've figured out. So then it's just about, okay, instead of trying to, I really want to make a course on how to slap a logo on a water bottle and then putting it up online after spending thousands of dollars to hire somebody to film it for you and edit it for you and blah, blah, blah. And you, you tell your audience, hey, I made a course about how to slap stuff on water bottles, go buy it. And nobody buys it. 
because your audience follows you because you are a golfer. The, the disconnect there is very easy to see when we talk about it like this, but that happens all the time where creators go, I really want to make a course about this, so I'm going to make it and I'm going to sell it and I'm going to push it on my audience. And the audience is going, why would I buy that? I have no interest in that thing. That's what I did on my first course. I made a course about how do you make stuff? How do you make stuff as a creator at a professional level consistently and effectively to where you can make money doing that? And like 12 people bought it. Now for my audience of 1,200 people at the time, that ain't bad. It's 1%, but yeah, yeah, live and learn. So now I don't do that. I tell all of my course partners, go to your audience and ask them what they want to learn about the thing that you do. And then they get a hundred responses, which A is a good signal that they have an engaged audience that wants to buy something for them. And then we make a course where we answer all those hundred things where there's a lot of overlaps. Maybe it's 10 or 12 things, but we make the course that they want to make, but include all the stuff that their audience cares about. And it's a win-win. It's perfect. That was like the nice simple explanation <laughs> but i guess like how much should you charge then like how because people have no idea price is a whole thing you charge like super low to get testimonials this and that or do you go like way up there yeah or maybe you only make four sales at 250 a month or you gotta make 300 yeah. two dollars or what you know what i mean i think you look at your audience again and you go who are these people have they ever bought something from me before have they bought a creation of mine, a picture of mine, an album of mine, have they ever, are, have they purchased from me before? And if the answer is no, this is going back to that sales ladder conversation. There's a chapter in my book called The Sales Ladder, which you can read for free online. There's links probably in the show notes. So um, like go read that, but this is that in practice. So if your audience has never paid you $5 or $7 or $15 or $30 for a thing, they're not gonna hop from zero to 199 or 299 or 599 or whatever. They're just not because they've never purchased from you before. You might get a, a handful of people. And if you've got 100,000 followers, maybe that's fine. Maybe you only want a, cup, a dozen people. Maybe you only want 10 people to give you $10,000 and all of a sudden you've got $100,000. That's totally feasible. Most of us don't have 100,000 followers. So if you have 1,000 followers, what do you do? Well, start small. What's something you can charge five or seven or nine dollars for uh, a piece of art a download of a song a short story a an ebook whatever it might be like you need that first and if you don't want to create that then maybe your course should be 19 or 29 or 39 or 49 dollars i think once you get to the 79 99 129 range they expect that you have some expertise because they're they have to put a lot more trust in you as the course creator to deliver this outcome. That's more of an investment. Whereas $29, $18, take Udemy as an example. You go on their site and, and you scroll through or browse their homepage. Everything is priced at $18.99. I have tons of Udemy courses that were just like, hey, you know, one is like making a game dev or something. Like it's 20 bucks, I'll, I'll have fun at it. I just talked with um, Hassan Osman is a friend I met on Twitter. We just had a conversation last week on Twitter spaces. He has sold to date 200,000 seats to his courses. He's got nine courses on Udemy and he has 200,000 students that have taken his courses. And he probably makes, because they're being sold for $18 or whatever, or they're part of this business plan that people can sign up for. Maybe he only makes five or $10 per thing, but $10 times 200,000 is $2 million. So that's fine. 
even if that's split up over 10 years that he's been doing it, it's still six figures a year, 200K a year from courses that he made. And he sold for, and he also said that out of those 200,000, he thinks maybe 150 of them came from his audience. So he really heavily relied on Udemy's recommendation algorithm and signing up for like business plan and all that kind of stuff, making his courses available and then strategically figuring out an outcome. Go check out my podcast because the recording's there. It's uh, podcast.craftsmancreative.co and like, you can hear his whole thing about that. So if you've never charged your audience money, think in terms of double digit dollars, less than $49. That's where I would cap it, 49, somewhere in the 19, 29, 39, 49 range. If you have charged your audience money before, they buy your album, they buy your books, they buy your artwork, they buy whatever. They've paid money to watch a short film that you made, whatever, back to your Kickstarter. Then you could think about it. But I would also make sure that you have a single digit dollar amount thing that they can buy and a double digit dollar amount thing they can buy so that if you're selling them a $100, $150, $250 course, then maybe they don't want that, but they do want the 20 thing, $20 thing. That's what I'm doing with my book. I've got a course that'll come out with it and I'll sell it for $150 and it'll be about two hours in length, maybe more. I tend to go overboard, but it might be more than that. And, but they, if they don't want that, they can buy the book for 20 or 35 bucks. And if they don't want that, they can read the book for free without even signing up for the email address. So give people multiple ways to do that. And then I would say, if you get to the point where you want to do a live cohort based course, those really should be multiple hundreds of dollars. That's a lot of your time. So even if you only have five or 10 people sign up, you could still make tens of thousands of dollars if you're charging a thousand a seat or $500 a seat. I don't think I'd go less than 500 unless it's 499. You don't want to do a cohort based course for $250, three people sign up. So you made 750 bucks, but you committed eight or 10 or 12 hours of your time over a month. So now you're making less than a hundred bucks a month, which no, thanks. If I'm doing this, I want to be paid two, three, four, five hundred $500 an hour for my time, not a hundred. Cause I can go do that somewhere else. I do have to go in about two minutes. So if there's wrap up stuff you want to do, <laughs> we can chat about that. Let me ask these two questions that someone asked. So truly who like helps some streamers grow basically. So I, I think her major thing was in her, who she talks with streamers, they don't want, she was saying they only want free stuff. They don't want anything paid in, in her mind. Maybe. So what would you say to that? I would ask them what they would pay for. And maybe not in those terms, but I would ask them, what is the thing you're struggling with the most? And then I would put out free content to get some of the what out there. Think in terms of what, and then terms of how. Don't charge for information. Information wants to be free. And it should be free. So the book that I put out is information. It's purely information. There's no guidance. There's no accountability. There's no interaction. There's no anything like that. It's purely information. So I put it up for free on my website. You can read it. And before the book has even launched, because the book launches in about three or four weeks, I have already made over $50,000 from consulting clients, from coaching clients, from pre-orders of the book. 50, five zero with three zeros at the end, $50,000 from a free thing that people could not pay for six months. So what you do is you put out the free information and then you say, if you want help implementing this, that costs dollars. And if you want to do a recorded course, that's $200. If you want to do coaching, that's $1,000. If you want to do consulting for your business, that's $5,000. That's how I structured it. So 
I used the free stuff to give people what they were after. But in your audience, there's going to be one or two or five people out of every hundred that read that free stuff that want to go deeper and they'll sign up for your community or they'll buy your course or your, or your coaching or whatever, because they want, they, you've just proved to them for free that you're someone that they can trust to solve their problems. As soon as you do that, the affinity level goes way up. They have way more context coming into a sales page or a sales pitch with you to charge something. So don't expect that you're just going to come out the gate and transfer every single person in your audience to a paid customer. It's more like one to 5% of that audience will be interested. But now you can set yourself up for now that every time you get another hundred followers, one to five of them are going to buy something from you. And one out of every hundred of those one to five are going to be one of these amazing clients that wants to spend $5,000 a month to hire you as a consultant, which is what happened to me. And the numbers weren't even that high. I only added about 400, 500 followers to my email list and Twitter following over the time I was writing the book. But in that group of 500, there was one consulting client and one coaching client and about two dozen early adopters that wanted to spend money before there was even a product to be purchased. So that's what I would do. Sweet, man. Appreciate that. Sounds good, man. Thanks a ton. This was a blast. Uh, no problem. Okay. We'll see you.